0: Right, and we're live with episode 103 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons. Your source for Overwatch League news, player storylines, updates, and more throughout the entire Overwatch League season. I'm your host, Ramsey. Thanks for being here. Reminding you, of course, to follow us on Twitter at pushpoint pod. Throw us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com and leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you prefer to use. We really appreciate it. And it makes it makes it easier for people to find the show. We're coming, we're moving from May Melee season into June joust, or I think the better term we talked about last week was the the June journament. But uh I'm Randy's of course joined by Lobosco Lobo how are you doing this evening
1: I'm doing fantastic uh a nice little reprieve here a week off before we get back into games so I I actually kind of like the break here I I like mm-hmm. giving us a little bit of time to catch our breath um and then get back into the grind of games so it, it, it's a nice little thing especially to like Mass Effect just came out the the legendary edition so like that's what I'm doing most of my day right now since it came out Friday other than like mm-hmm. whatever I watch anyway. And I still haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen. So do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So that, that's that been sort of uh, what I've been doing, but it's been good so far. So a a much needed break, but now we get to get back into the thick of it. So it, it, it at least is a break for us for, for there, there's a lot more that we do now with each episode. So
0: for sure uh, it is. I appreciate what you said too, because getting like that consistent break in there, really i feel like looking around the league i got to see a bunch of vacation videos or vacation pictures whether it's from different casters or just being like players you need to take a little bit of time off plus um you get that extra week of game to prepare for the new meta with hero pools we'll talk all of that in a couple of minutes i think the first thing to talk about though uh is a new signing from the Paris Eternal. A uh, side note, we're, uh, we don't have any games this week, so no highlight stories there. Um, we're just going to jump straight into the news. So first thing to talk about, the Paris Eternal, um, we talked last week that Neptuno was um, mutually parting ways with the team, moving on to other stuff. Uh, I think the next day after we, dropped, after we talked about that on the show, they announced that they had signed Dridro, a French main support player, uh, to come in and take the spot. And Dream has been around
1: for a little while, too. Like, that's a name that I'm familiar with. I'm trying to think of all the teams that he's been on, because I feel like he's been on a few. I have a list
0: for you, if you'd like. Yeah, Um, I was going to say,
1: run down the list, because I feel like it's all names that I know, um, because I know that I've spent a good amount of time casting some of this guy's
0: games. So going in, like, from furthest away to now, uh, Copenhagen Flames, Samsung Morningstar's, Montreal Rebellion. I have not heard that name in forever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Spent some time on Uprising Academy, uh, a little bit of time with New Kings, which is a EU contender's group, if I remember correctly. And from there on to the Paris Eternal. Um, he's a decently I would say he's pretty well known in the T2 Tier 2 scene as one of yeah. like the better European main supports. Um, it makes a lot of sense for him to go there.
1: Yeah, he played on some decent teams as well. Copenhagen Flames. They were they were a decent team back in the day as far as um you know the 2018 time i want to say is when when that team was sort of being known um and they they played pretty well he he i think he played with a couple of other teams too in between but they weren't like they weren't like in big tournaments or anything so it's not one of those things dridro sounds like a pokemon that's very true totem um the 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 most impressive teams that he was probably on i think would be samsung morning stars though and then his time on Montreal and then obviously Uprising Academy. So like mm-hmm. he was on a pretty good, some pretty good contenders teams He's always been competing at the tier two level. And this is a guy who, if you're going to bring somebody from the tier two scene, this isn't a bad choice. He's, he's freshly 18 in November. So he's a very young guy as well. So a lot of room to develop him into a really good pro if that's what Paris thinks. So I, I like the pickup. Um, for what we've seen Paris do,
0: right? Like since they clearly are just staying a U based, like this makes mm-hmm. sense. Do you think that this moves the needle as far as Paris eternal getting better, getting no. worse? No, I I think it, everything kind of stays the same for Paris. I don't think it's,
1: I don't think this swings them further in one way. Like, like the, the fundamental problems that, that you're sort of seeing with Paris don't seem to be just one player is going to fix everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. They they, the talents, the 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 time together and everything that you need from this team is just something that they're not going to be able to get. And one player is not going to make the difference.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, we'll see him, I think, this coming week uh, once we get back into games. More news this time coming out of APAC. The Philly Fusion have announced that Toby and Hoppa are actually being signed to the team long term, meaning for the rest of the season, they're going to be part of the squad. And there's a lot of cool stuff to think about with this. Uh mm-hmm. number one, heck yeah, that they got signed. Like, these guys definitely deserved a spot. They've looked very, very good so far. Yeah. Um, number two, um, I'm pretty sure that means poke we might be waiting a little bit longer for Poco, EQO, and uh Shockwave.
1: Probably, but you you also have to think it's like it's one of those things where you almost you almost needed them to to kind of be full time because otherwise they were gonna have to sign them to another like 30 day contract, which I don't, I don't know if you can do like two 30 day contracts in a row. That's Mm -hmm. never, I don't think that's ever been explicitly clear whether or not that could be done. So I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that part, but it would be really kind of crappy. if They're like, we're going to sign them to another contract. And it's like, okay, then why don't you just sign them fully and keep them on the team? Especially when the team nearly goes undefeated. Sure. They don't end up making it into the final four, but they were still a, a team to contend with. So why would you get rid of these guys? And I think Toby in particular has played really well and I think Hotba too has played a lot better than I expected for sure.
0: Well, you think about it too like the Hotba mono tank line did not look very good in New York last year, right? Maybe didn't have that much success last year in New York, but has looked very very good this year. It does make you wonder a little bit. Hey Rhythm, good to see you in chat. Um it does make you wonder if like what the, what the coaching problem is then for New York, if like this same tank line swings so dramatically and just has changed a location. It
1: might be more than just the tank line. It could be because of the fact that you have a different style of support line that Mm -hmm. is supporting them between alarm and Toby now. And then you also have the fact that you have the, the fact that the DPS, you have one of the best DPS to ever do it along with, what's been a pretty good DPS line anyways with rascals. So I I think Philadelphia fusion is still one of the best teams. I think they just ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw there at the end. And I think they'll be fine, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, what, what needs to, to improve here for Philadelphia and cohesion, I definitely think is one of the things like give these guys more time together. It doesn't feel like they've hit their ceiling yet.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. Looking at our next piece of news, uh, Rhea off tank for the Washington justice uh, recently announced that he would be retiring from overwatch league play. Um, he's apparently uh, the statement from the justice said that he's retiring um, to attend to family business in Korea. Uh, I don't remember what specifically he said in his statement. I'm going to go look it up, but um, he's it's an interesting thing, right? Cause I think he's somebody who we saw flashes of looking really, really good in season two and a little bit in season three. Um, Definitely seemed like an asset no matter where he was going to go. But it's a bummer just to see another guy kind of be exiting the scene, whatever the reason might be.
1: Yeah, it it is tough to see Rhea go. I I always kind of liked Rhea as a main tank. Um, Obviously, he probably wasn't going to get a lot of playing time anyways because Mag and Fury have kind of been keeping it down as far as the main tanks go for this team in the Washington justice. Uh, I I like this point from totem too that uh, Philly will probably won't continue to fall flat um, in in the playoffs. Hopefully that's the case for Philly. But as far as Rhea is concerned, like he probably wasn't gonna get much playing time. So why not go and take care of your family business? If that's something that interests him then why not do it? Especially, I I guess, maybe in Rhea's mind, he doesn't want to be sitting behind someone and and kind of uh, waiting in the wings when when you clearly have a super talented guy in Mag who is clearly the future of the team in the Washington Justice. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a tough loss. I I think any talent leaving is always bad. But him specifically, um, I I, I am uh, a little bit sad to see him go because I did like him as a main tank
0: for sure for sure i do wonder i mean they i still think that they have all their bases covered so you wonder if they bring in somebody else just to have a backup waiting and ready in case you move to a double off tank meta i'm not sure
1: you you yeah um i i don't see why you wouldn't do that um i i don't know why i'm thinking of him as a main tank he's an off tank i I, I don't know where my brain is, um, but R- Rhea, I, he is a very good player. So uh, he is somebody that I would like to see maybe come back if that's what he wants to do. But he's 23. So maybe this is the best decision for him.
0: Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, I think the big news, we didn't get to talk about it like it literally happened. Yeah. Rhea and Rio. That's what I was doing. Totem. You're right.
1: <laughs> I was totally I mean, remember- mixing
0: up Rio and Rhea. Remember a couple months ago when we were just like, where is Rio? We haven't heard anything about Rio for like all offseason.
1: Yeah, I think that's where my mind is, is uh, Rio
0: and what's going on with him. Um, looking over the big, big news of the week uh, happened, I think, right after we finished recording the episode. Um, Dallas Fuel announced that they signed Pine um, coming back out of retirement. Pine is coming in to fill the hit scan role. Um it kind of caught a lot of us off guard, I think. Not as much in that, like, people weren't expecting it. Uh, people like Halo kind of were indicating it was going to happen, and it, Dallas seemed like the best choice or the most likable, like, not likable, the most likely choice for Pine to go to. But just to see it actually happen still kind of blows my mind a little bit.
1: I think the, the the shocking part about it is, like, we haven't really heard from Pine in a while. Like, people knew that he was, like, thinking about, trying to compete again like that was something that had been said he had said he was looking for a team and all that so it was more of those okay is this actually going to happen is this something that pine is actually really seriously committed to and him being signed by dallas i think kind of answers our question right like mm-hmm. you don't sign Dallas, okay dallas made melee champions obviously and everything like that but a team that has serious championship expectations like this isn't a move you make unless you believe pine can be a difference maker, right? Like, like you're not making this move if you believe that this is just a guy filling a hole. So mm. it, when, when you're looking at it from the Dallas fuels perspective, there's some teams that might just do it because it's, you know, it's big boss pine, right? I, I don't yeah. think that's the motivation for Dallas doing this. So he obviously must have shown something really well. The the question I have is is he going to be able to do it consistently? Is he going to be able to do it when there's pressure on? Because Pine himself has admitted that pressure was one of the biggest problems for him. And actually I, I shouldn't even say Big Paw's Pine. Uh Yang Zhao Long, for those who don't remember Yang Ziao Long, the player, not not the character from from Ruby, uh the Overwatch player who is now a coach. Made mention on Twitter that, you know, one of the things for Pine was there was a lot of pressure on him. So it was kind of just saying to fans like, hey, you know, like obviously be excited and happy for the guy. But like, you know, if you want him to stick around, don't um, don't put him on this pedestal, which you shouldn't put him on yeah. a pedestal anyway. So
0: and there's a tendency to go back and forth with like on one hand, we're really excited to see Pine back in the league. Um, The guy has when he's popped off, he has looked incredible, like winning fights by himself. Incredible. But we haven't seen him in pro play in about a year, like in a decent span of time. And even then season two, he was gone for like almost all the year. Like we didn't see him at all. And we know that there was issues with, he was having um, some personal stuff he had to take care of. Um, We didn't really get to see him much at all. Like season two, He was a little bit inconsistent near the end of season one as well. Uh, It's there are people who are very skeptical of the move, too. Uh,
1: Which I understand the skepticism, right? Um, Inactivity doesn't necessarily mean anything in Overwatch. I mean, people don't. I feel like people easily forget that Jonak is still a great player in this league. And coming into the Overwatch League, he had like done nothing. You know, he was a, he was mm-hmm. a ladder guy. So I, I'm not too concerned about that, especially when it comes to hit scan. If you can hit the shot, you can hit the shot. That's all that matters. Um, positioning and everything else is coachable. And if there's one thing we can say about Rush and the staff is that there definitely seems to be the ability to coach because they have adjusted after playing a team once. We saw this in the tournament and everything like that. So I'm not as concerned about things like that on a team like Dallas as if it was another team with pine. With Pine, it's more about him. It's more about what is his motivations? Why does he want to do this? Uh, does he think he can do it? And, and is he actually going to be able to, to handle the pressure when he has to step into a game?
0: Well, and think of that, too. He's still been playing ladder, like, very consistently, like, yeah. in that time.
1: I, I think he, you can watch his streams. Like, I think he's streaming all the time still, right?
0: Yeah. So he's still, like, he's streaming because only He's around. Um, And you might even say like him being playing at the top level, like still playing at the top level of competitive. Like as people get better and better, like you, he'd still be really good. But that doesn't necessarily translate to Overwatch League capable. Um, I do wonder. I think before people had the perception like, okay, some people thought like, okay, well, X is going to be gone for a couple months, but we'll get him back at the end of the season. I don't think that's necessarily what we should expect. I still think even if you have Pine in, like that you might see Xy, like the, this still leaves there leaves room for Xy to come in eventually, whenever that is, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I like the idea of thinking that he might be uh flank heavy at the beginning because of his own tendencies. I, I don't think mm. I, I don't know. We'll see how it is. But no, I, I, I think that you shouldn't I if you're a Dallas Field fan, fan of Overwatch, whatever. The, the one thing you shouldn't be doing is expecting Eggsy to come back, okay? They said no. retirement, right? They didn't say temporary he, leave of absence.
0: It sounded like from his own statements, though, that like he, it sounded he at least wants like to what come people back. inferred is that like he was coming back at some point.
1: Right, he wants to come back, but wanting to come back and actually being able to come back are two different things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair to Exe to expect him to come back when literally this is an the injury that he has sustained, the thing that they said is the problem is something that literally is career ending. Right. So or potentially career ending if he's not careful. So. Don't expect him to come back. Don't put that on him. I, I, I don't think we should expect it. I don't think it's right to expect it from him because his health should be the first priority regardless. So for me personally, I, I don't if he comes back, I'll, of course, be happy. But I don't, that's not where I want to put my focus. That's, that's looking too far into the future. That's also expecting too much from, not expecting too much from Eggsy, but not something he shouldn't have to worry about that when his primary concern should be being healthy and being able to do the things he loves. So if he wants to get back to that, then yes.
0: Quick note as well. People want to be the thing like, oh, they just went and grabbed, they just went and grabbed Pine because he was a well-known hit scam. Like Dallas trialed him during this offseason. Like he he's like worked under rush for a little bit like he they trialed him when they were putting together this team like we know that he is i i trust rush to actually like make to pick up a player that he is confident with he's even said though like it's gonna take him and pine a little bit of like getting him in and working like and pretty much not only getting him in the system but like getting him comfortable with the playing environment he's probably not coming this month um from what I saw that I don't remember where I read it. It sounds like they're going to be scrimming with him where he'll be playing from Korea to like get the practice in with the team, but that like he won't actually be playing until maybe next tournament.
1: Well, it even says on his, um, on his uh, stream, like he literally just streamed yesterday. Uh, KOR here. So I think that means Korea here queuing. So he's just playing and just playing Overwatch right now. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing quite a bit, so I if I'm a Dallas Field fan and you want to support whatever, just just watch him play, you know. Just he'll when he when he's able to play, he'll be in. Um, I I I think that Rush, I think Rush has been afforded some um, leeway, right? I, I think that after seeing, you know, a roster that he he clearly is a very big believer in uh, and then getting them to work the way that he wants, which they clearly are, he has shown that he knows a thing or two about this game. So I, I think that we can not expect Pine right away and things will be OK. Obviously, the sooner they get him integrated into the team, the better. But he also just needs to get to the U.S. as well. and. Obviously, it's easier to go from Korea to the U.S., but I don't know how much easier it is, especially when you're talking um, visa issues and stuff like I don't know how easy or how hard that's going to be.
0: Do we think what do you think this does for Dallas's compositions going forward? Well, the weird, Granted, we aren't going to have to worry about it for at least a tournament, but still, I think it gives
1: them a lot more of what they can do, because now you have somebody who is a dedicated Hicks scan player. So I, I, I don't think it changes a whole lot. Like the Dallas is going to play what Dallas thinks is the best for them. Meta be damned. They're going to play what they think works best in the current environment of the game. So mm-hmm. I, I think it just gives them more options and, and a different avenue and a different look that they can give to teams. And Dallas is already a team that you kind of have to specially prepare for as it is anyways. And if you add another element to that, that that only can be better for Dallas.
0: Well, looking forward to seeing Pi and whenever it finally does happen, Um, definitely. Couple small things, really quick. Um, We do know that, and this is uh, general Overwatch related. um, We know that there is going to be another developer update on May twentieth, which should be coming out the well two days after a day later this week. Uh, Should be coming out later this week. (laughs) Really excited to hear about that with some PvP stuff. Um, Also, has the has the signups for that Overwatch League Frag Movie Contest ended up ended yet? I have no idea. Uh, I I'm
1: not going to be signing up for it because I don't make Frag movies, so it's not one of those things where I'm checking.
0: Only because if people are still interested, I know Carrie um, from SNF Found uh, will not be competing this year because he's already won it. But well, and he's also um,
1: like working with the league, so like, I don't think he needs to anymore. You know, but
0: we. We have our actual date, like our details for the June joust tournament. Uh, they've shaken up the formula a little bit. Um, we have a couple small changes. Um, well, it's it's your decision on whether or not they're small. I would say um, we'll talk about everything. And then we'll talk about hero polls afterwards. <laughs> um, there's a couple different changes uh, specifically to tiebreakers. Um, so they're adding a strength of schedule to tiebreakers to make it so that you try they're trying to pretty much weed out um having to play an extra tiebreaker match if possible i um which I yeah. get, but at the same
1: time, I'm also like I don't know about that
0: because so like pretty sh- much-
1: stre- you can't you can't um strength of schedules out of your control i don't that's just mm-hmm. why I don't like it
0: well, let's go over it um it's gonna go based off of. Number one for tiebreaker is going to be based off of uh, number one map differential. Number two, head to head records and qualifying matches for ties among three or more teams. The step is only applied. if There's a head to head sweep. Um, number three, league points of all opponents within the tournament cycle, the team with the most opponent league points will qualify. Uh, number four map differential of all opponents within the tournament cycle the team with the highest opponent map differential will qualify and the final tiebreaker is if a tie between two or more teams remains the postseason tiebreakers will be applied so like everything's gonna be going based off of the um the league points which are how which determine the standings um, the ones that you actually earn within that tournament cycle are going to be what are factored up top. But if you still have a tiebreaker at the very, very, very end, then it sounds like they factor in postseason ones.
1: I almost wish that they would just do. A, everybody's in the tournament, but your seating is determined by the first few games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- that's kind of what I would want. I, I don't know why they want to went, went away from like the play in game stuff. Um, with like all of the teams. I, I I liked that a little bit better last year because then you didn't have to do this stupid tie breaking stuff and you didn't have you don't have teams feeling like they lose, they're losing out on points because they just missed because they didn't play as many good teams as another team. Mm-hmm. You know, the obviously those are very rare instances, but we still had a a four team tie, right? So like it still is possible. So I, I I personally am not a fan of going in this direction. I'd rather that they would just have everybody playing in a game like what team that that is on the 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 brink of of getting in or out if they have to play in a play-in game instead of playing in it just the tournament already like you think they're going to be that upset i I don't i think they'd be more upset if if they lose out because of a technicality on the tournament that that's just me personally um and i feel like most people who are competitors will feel the same way Mm mm-hmm
0: I do wonder, Toto makes a good point. They don't want to see the four-team tie. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but I do agree, Like as we have more games in the season, the, I feel like it'll be a little bit closer.
1: Even so, the, the, the point remains that it's still going to leave a bad taste in a team's mouth when when the reason that they didn't make it in is because, well, you played Boston this week, and, and they didn't play Boston this week. And so it's your fault that you're not in the tournament because you were tied with this other team, but you had the easier team that you had to play in one of your games. Like, How is that that team's fault, right? Mm. They don't determine the schedule, so you, you are putting the blame in an area that it shouldn't be. So that, that's, that's the part that sucks about that, and I would be surprised if that's a storyline that we end up having here eventually with this tournament. If, if we have a bunch of teams tied for the amount of wins that they have and the amount of points they have.
0: Going into the uh, new patch and map pool, um, June Joust qualifiers and tournament matches will be played on patch 1.59.1, which includes Change the Baptiste, D.Va, Echo, Moira, Orisa, Reinhardt, Roadhog, and Sombra. So the super fun D.Va mech 250 damage change is gonna be in the league. Um, I cannot wait, I don't know. I don't know if it'll actually affect how much D.Va we see, but who knows. I don't think that's the
1: big determining factor of whether or not you'll see D.Va. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hate to be the bearer bear of bad news for those who think that'll make a difference. I, I don't think there's anybody out there who does. I think that looking at the this hero pool, um, interesting that these are the four that we ended up getting.
0: Well, before we get to that really quick, um, we have the map pool as well. Um, control is going to be Busan, Ilios, Lijing Tower, Nepal, and Oasis. Escort is going to be Dorado, Junker Town, and Rialto. Assault will be Hanamura, Temple of Anubis, full Sky Industries, and then a hybrid is going to be Icenvol, Hollywood, Numbani.
1: So a lot different for the map pool as far as what we'll see in these first few games. But again, this is only Mm -hmm. the beginning of the tournament, so or or the play-in game. So map pool doesn't really matter a whole heck of a lot. Although I guess they I guess they have to pick from these maps too once they are in the tournament too. So. I, I think the biggest keys here that of as far as maps being out I mean control is control like all the good control maps are in it's pretty much going to be the same maps we probably saw once we get into mm-hmm. actual play of the game um for the most part would be my guess like we'll probably see a lot of Ilios and Busan uh for escort I think uh Rialto and Junkertown being in make it a little bit interesting assault I, I don't care, it's assault. And then hybrid, no um no King's Row and uh and also Watchpoint Gibraltar being out for escort. Like those are the two maps that I think make mm-hmm. this the most interesting because when you think about those two maps specifically, uh King's Row was kind of the ultimate rush map, and then escort, the the fact that you don't have Watchpoint Gibraltar, which is like the de facto map of playing a dive composition like the fact that those two maps are out i think changes things up a lot
2: Mm -hmm.
0: getting into the actual hero pools themselves um reminder for everybody of course that um we knew hero pools were coming i think people you and i were talking about this earlier at lobo People had this, like, super harsh reaction. Like, why the hell are they putting hero pools in? They're going to kill the game. Oh, my gosh. Can't they see that the last four weeks of Overwatch mean we shouldn't have hero pools? And there's a couple different things that go into that. Um, number one, they already started the season telling teams this was going to happen. Like, uh, to be prepared for it.
1: just um, teams,
0: they told everybody. Everybody. They told we everyone. Knew-
1: we knew about this. Like, did you forget? I th- that's like the craziest part about this is to me. It's like, okay, one, either these people don't read any of this stuff or don't care, which is fine. Whatever. Not everybody reads everything, but like they said, this was going to be happening. So
0: you mm-hmm. were kind of under a rock a little bit, not realizing this. There's, um, people also as well want to pull this card of Like the meta was great. Last state, like last, um, tournament, like we didn't need to change anything. Look at how good it was. You're killing it. And, I think that, I don't know about you, but I started to feel like as the meta, as the stage went on, especially in the main melee, we started to see kind of a specific set of comps solidify. Like what? for as much variety as we saw over at the beginning, like we, it started to get a little bit more homogenized near the end of the tournament. Well, that's always
1: going to happen. The thing that you have to remember here is why did that happen, right? It happened because Dallas changed the meta, right? Like they, they didn't play what people perceived as the meta their compositions ended up working better than other people's compositions so teams had to adapt to that because Dallas was controlling everything once we got into tournament play so that's why you saw that happen you give more teams to lab that out now knowing that Dallas is the team that they have to worry about we might have seen completely different compositions if anything this is a this is a good thing for Dallas but also a bad thing because now you're not going to be experimenting with those things that Dallas was doing cuz here are the let, let's just see who's out right yeah. like we we haven't mentioned that yet right so yeah go for it. tracer sombra reinhart and zenyatta or are our four uh heroes that are out so for the the dps if you think about some of the things that made dallas and a lot of the teams extremely successful tracer obviously we saw a lot of teams play tracer and then sombra was very important to dallas specifically because of how good doa is it, on it and everything else. Reinhardt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Reinhardt saw a decent amount of playing time. I don't think he was the most important tank in the meta, but he is definitely a loss for a lot of teams. Um and then Zenyatta was, was a very um specific um not to, uh, I'm trying like map specific choice. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Zenyatta is like the biggest loss in the world because like Baptiste exists, and then yeah. for Reinhardt, um whatever you play Arisa then, probably you know well that's
0: the thing people wanted to go in though with this idea of like i swear man it's like you said people forget like this is how it works if a hero gets played over a certain amount of time then you add like a certain percent like a 10 percent percentage for them to get picked and then it's a random drawing from those characters it wasn't like literally people love to have this idea and not everybody but like i've seen like the curmudgeons of twitter have this opinion of like no john specter literally sat there and was like how can we make it so no one has fun that's right we're gonna get rid of reinhardt we're gonna get rid of tracer yes of course we're gonna ruin everybody's time and it's a random drawing here's the thing there's
1: a lot of people if you ask them especially tanks they hate tracer Mm -hmm. supports hate tracer sombra everybody hates sombra Reinhard Reinhard is is uh, you know the love child of everybody but whatever and then Zenyatta there's a lot of people who play, hate playing against the Zenyatta the discord orb and everything else that it does it enables a lot of different style of compositions so the fact that you have these four out I think weakens certain comp like there's no one set composition that is really strengthened like r- the one comp that you maybe say is okay it's kind of dead is rush so now poke becomes a lot more stronger because you don't have the Reinhardt for rush. Mm-hmm. Um, but poke is also hurt because you don't have the discord orb, right? Uh, dive is hurt because you, you're missing two of the most important uh, DPS for dive. So I, I, I do think that that just looking at it from just as the heroes that are pulled out, poke has become a lot more strong. So maybe you see a lot of poke. And if Poke is strong, who's the team who's going to have a rough time with that? We already talked about them a little bit. It was your main melee champions. That's who. So I'm really curious to see how a team like Dallas, who doesn't have Pine integrated into the team yet, and also probably doesn't even have him in the U.S. yet, is going to have to try and handle this. Like, I'm kind of excited for this because the adaptability of Dallas to find something that works when they're missing out on hitscan DPS was one of the awesome things we saw. We saw some Soldier 76 get played by them, mentioned here by Totem too. Plenty of room for legs to get played. Maybe that's mm-hmm. possible. You, you don't have as many shields to shoot either because Reinhardt's giant shield is gone.
0: I mean the me- like it the way this works as well, big important note this patch or sorry not patch this hero pool is going to be in place for the entire tournament. Yeah, not one week. That was that was not a one nightmare week. on teams. I, I, and he yeah, well, people like to try and pull this card of like hero pool shredded players confidence, like a bunch of players retired because of hero pools, and it's like, yes, valid point. Um, that's not how it's set up this year. Read the article, like it's not how it's set up this year. And like it, ugh. the the
1: way that Overwatch was going, anyways, like a lot of the players who retired, they were kind of on the door, on the way out the door, anyways, mm-hmm. right, like. You know the. I'm I'm trying to think of. Unfortunately, the one player I'm thinking of, I don't want to talk about. So, so that player, I'm not going to mention.
0: Well, but, I'm just saying, like you think about a lot of, a lot of care, like and remember, people. I think a bunch, bunch of it as well is that like, this is their way of getting in like a fresh meta or a fresh content, just because we don't have another character coming in. That's the bigger thing
1: I think is because we're we're on this sort of hiatus of getting anything in the game, like you have to try and keep the game fresh in some sort of way to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how teams adapt. They don't have a lot of time, right? Like we found out this the hero pool they probably found it out right after May May landed, so now they have a whole week to prepare. How are they going to or maybe two weeks, I guess you could you can sort of call it, but uh, how are you preparing for this? Some of the things that were integral to a lot of the compositions now gone. How do you adapt? And the name of the game for Overwatch has always been adapt, right? Like it's all about using hero switches to your advantage and everything like that. So this is just another way that teams have to adapt. I am I'm not as upset with this as I was in years past because it's not week to week. But is it the solution I want? No, but like for right now, whatever, it's fine. I I. I'm actually really curious to see what teams end up playing. I feel like it might just be poke, but if a team's not lazy like Dallas was and thinks, "Hey, this is something we think is stronger," well, that could change everything if teams are being lazy.
0: Uh, I wanted to mention a tweet from Avast before we go on to um, our standings. Lots of people upset that hero pools exist since the medal was good last stage, but this format was decided way before that would be known. In addition, this iteration is far better for teams than before since it's consistent over a whole stage and there is a gap before matches. If last stage was an awful meta with only mirror comps and there were no and there were no hero pools, people would be throwing a fit. So yeah, not yeah. the ideal system, but I think it's implemented far better this year and it's preferable to the alternative.
1: You had to do something. Um, you don't have new heroes coming into the game. You have to do something. I'm okay with this over a lot of the other choices
0: that there could have been. So... Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And to amend it as well, this isn't to say that I don't get some people's apprehension. I understand like Hero Pools were freaking rough to watch last year. And they were rough as a fan to experience like the huge exodus of talent that all seemed to leave that directly blamed Hero Pools. However, going in there and immediately like going in there and immediately throwing the fit of like the league is awful, the league is horrible, they don't know what they're doing, like. It's different leadership than last time. They like this was said months ago. You knew this was coming. Did you magically think that because we saw a bunch of different comps, John Specter was going to sit back in his chair and go like, "You know what? We're going to change the entire format of the league." Hell yeah, I you're like, right.
1: I like how it's John Specter is the one who made all these decisions too. Not like they have like a committee of people that are part of the decision making process. It's all one man. It's all John Specter. Like, come on, like. This um, is the other this is the stupid part about people who are like in a commissioner role is like then they give them too much credit for everything good or bad. And it's like he was not the decision maker for this.
0: Totem uh makes a good point in chat that there's still that feeling of disconnect with hero pools in regards to OWL and the game itself. You saw players being like, all right, so no playing so I'm not gonna play Ryan for okay. a month.
1: Wait, and let's then- stop stop right there. Okay. Let let's talk about the game and disconnect, okay? anybody who watched the games that ramses and i just played there is a disconnect between the game and the and what the pros do anyways so i i don't like that argument because ramses what you and i just played wasn't the overwatch that they play at the top level it's not even close to what they play so Mm -hmm. like yeah sure there's the same heroes and stuff but like did we see (laughs) i mean just think of some of the comps we saw man like
0: I, oh yeah, the Tor the Tor Bastion, Reinhardt, Roadhog offense yeah, on Volskaya. Yeah, I'm
1: just saying. Like, I get it that it, it for it is not the same as what you're able to do in the game itself, but it's also not that big of a difference. So I, I, I don't, I that argument doesn't hold the wa- same water to me as some of the other arguments, like putting a lot on these teams to have to now learn completely new strategies only with a week of time. Like, those are things that I think matter a little bit more, and then they're going to have to go back to no hero pools after that. I think this is the sort of dumb thing that they did this year, is that um, if you are somebody uh, in the Overwatch League, I'm sure you would have much rather have had the hero pool tournaments be the middle two tournaments, and then the tournament leading into the biggest tournament of everybody's lives, would you would have time to prepare for whatever was coming. So mm. I am I not a big fan of that, and sure, it, it, but even still, like tier two GM players, top 500, they're still going to be playing heroes that'll matter at some point, right? Like just because they're not playing what they're playing in the league doesn't really matter. It, well, and it's, that's a, it, there, there's there's going to be room for those players to get in
0: if they're good enough. Well, and there's a side point as well where like. We like I people have asked before, like there should be like if there should be another avenue for pro players to play outside of scrims that isn't ranked. Because so many of pro players, their extra practice is just sitting there grinding ranked. Um I will say though, like to kind of go on what here, like totem saying hero pulls are an area in one thing and not in the other. I get the disconnect. Um, I think though, if you've looked at how Blizzard has been marketing Overwatch lately anyway, compared to Overwatch League, like that's been very clear is that like the disconnect between the actual game and the league itself. So I but don't that's know. That's my point is
1: like, it's never been the same game. Like what I watch and what most people watch when they're watching the overwatch league. And this is every game is not the same thing that they're going to do when they play. Even if they're top 500, like you still get Torb one tricks and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like you're still not playing the same game. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you know, th- If you want to talk about tier two to the Overwatch League, then yeah, there is a little bit of disconnect. But at the same time, one level is the professional level. The other level is semi pro. Of course, it's not going. It's still not going to be exactly the same. It's never going to be the same.
0: Bottom line, this isn't the ideal, but it's preferable to what we had last year going into our standings. That being said, I could care less if there was hero pools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: going to our standings Labosco let me read out for you um, how the west is looking and then the east before we take a, a brief power rankings turn um, number in number t- number one we have Dallas with five league points then Washington Justice Houston Outlaws Florida Mayhem all with four league points um, San Francisco Shock Toronto Defiant with three league points LA Gladiators with two um, Atlanta Reign, Paris Eternal, and Boston Uprising all with one league point, and then Vancouver Titans and London Spitfire with zero. Heading over to APAC, Shanghai Dragons have five league points, and then Just say five Philadelphia-
1: points. We, we know what you mean.
0: I like saying league points. Um, Philadelphia okay. Fusion with four points, Seoul Dynasty with three, same with Chengdu Hunters at three, um, Hangzhou Spark, Guangzhou Charge, New York Excelsior all at one, and then LA Valiant at zero. Going forward, do you think that we see Dallas still hold on to this top spot, or do you think they maybe kind of subside a little bit into being part of the top pack?
1: Um, I think they'll still be num- somewhere near the top. I just don't know how they're going to be in this new meta with the hero pools that they have. I I don't know. Um, I I think that you'll see San Francisco, Florida, Houston, Washington maybe jump above them again. I don't remember how their their schedule is. For this, um, this next part, because they had a very difficult schedule previously. So if they have a little bit of an easier schedule, they might be okay. Um, They don't even play this first week, which is nice Mm -hmm. for them. So they get a little bit more time to see what other teams are doing before they actually have to jump into play. Uh, They got London. They've got San Francisco. So San Francisco, I think, will return to form so i think that'll be a little bit tough um they play florida and then they play they play vancouver so they've got like two easy games and two difficult games
0: so they could go two and two again that might happen let's, let's go over the schedule actually real quick um we start on friday afternoon at noon pacific time paris eternal versus toronto defiant and then london spitfire versus florida mayhem um Over to APAC uh, in the morning, 2 a.m. Pacific, Guangzhou Charge versus Hangzhou Spark, Shanghai Dragons versus Chengdu Hunters, and New York Excelsior versus Philadelphia Fusion. Those are going to be at 2 a.m., 3.30 a.m., and 5 a.m. respectively, Pacific Time. Um, New York versus Philly is going to be your encore game. And then going to Saturday, noon, uh, Paris Eternal versus Washington Justice. Houston Outlaws versus Atlanta Rain, Toronto Defiant versus Boston Uprising, and then Sunday starts off at 2 a.m. PT with Shanghai Dragons versus Hangzhou Spark, New York Excelsior versus Guangzhou Charge, Philly Fusion versus Chengdu Hunters, um, and then Atlanta Rain, London Spitfire at noon. 1:30 is Washington Justice versus Boston Uprising, and ending at 3 p.m. Florida Mayhem versus Houston Outlaws.
1: Yeah, so that's our week one schedule. But just just looking at things in a vacuum for Dallas, like two and two is definitely a real possibility. So I don't think they hold the whole spot the, the top spot. Uh this is going to be a tough tournament for them to qualify for again. Like luckily mm-hmm. for them that they were the May Melee champs. But I just think with the fact that a lot of the the heroes that sort of made them successful, not every hero, but as far as the DPS that I thought were some of the key DPS Picks for them being out, I'm I i I'm curious how they will adapt. I think that's the biggest question for Dallas. So, I, I think you see other teams go above them and uh, at least for the, rate, the standings going into the tournament.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Easy week for Washington playing the Eternal and playing the Boston Uprising as well. And then Toronto has a pretty, like, Toronto has a very doable week as well. Against I think Paris and London,
1: if
2: I remember correctly? Boston.
0: Paris and Boston. Paris and Boston. So
1: Toronto should go into the next week two and zero. Like like that's the expectation that I have for them with us looking at this. But as far as like looking at the standings, I I, I think you might see it shake up a little bit. I do think, um, especially with the the fact that you have some heroes that are more important to others, like Washington. I think it's a good thing that like Ryan Hart isn't playable because that that might be good for mag. Mm-hmm. So I think that their team that has a lot of benefits with the hero pool being what it is, and they can play more poke style of compositions and stuff, or, you know, Winston based comps. Um, I think San Francisco is going to come back in a strong way in this next tournament. So I'd be scared if I'm a team that has to play them. And then looking at the East side of things, um, I think it's Shanghai, Philly, Seoul, and Chengdu. Like, I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to jump those four.
0: Yeah. I'm really, like, looking at this week's games, are there any that stand out to you? Like, any must-see matchups? For this first
1: week, uh, Shanghai, Chengdu, I think should Mm -hmm. be something that everybody wants to see because those are the two playoff teams from May Melee. I I think that's one that that we should be looking at. Um, As far as another one, that I would say Houston, Atlanta, because we still don't know what Atlanta is. I I think we know that Atlanta or Houston is a very good team. Atlanta still has us confused as to whether or not they are a good team or not. So I think that's another one that you highlight as one to maybe pay attention to a little bit more. And then I I think, I, I don't think the Spark are there, but like this is a team with too much talent. So can they compete with Shanghai? So Shanghai versus Hangzhou, and then we get a rematch of Philly and Chengdu. So the, I, I think East has a lot uh, more of the better games this first week than than the West, other than the last game of the week, which is Florida versus Houston.
0: I did wonder. So and this is this is the uh, the the um <laughs> this is the doubtful Houston fan of me. I think I'm still like they're going to have to prove it to me. I think every stage still like I'm still waiting for the wheels to fall off at some point. And Atlanta, maybe not, but like. Florida looked decent. Like, well, I mean decent. Florida made made melee, like, and they looked really good in some spots this weekend. That's gonna be a very hard game. Florida is
1: a team, I think, still searching for its ceiling. I think this is a team with a lot of expectations from people still. I don't think there should be a lack of expectations from them. So winning or losing this game could be very pivotal. I don't you know, I, I haven't looked at every single team's schedules for the week to see how they're going to have to what their roads are to get in to the tournament so mm. i think for a team i mean we can we can look at it here quickly so for florida i can't i don't know they they have this ordered in the weirdest way if you're trying to look at a team's schedule just wanted to point that out there that like if you're using the overwatch league red website and trying to like organize by a specific team it's a nightmare they don't have it in alphabetical order which is stupid just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out there if anybody's listening. So Florida's. I clicked on the Florida Mayhem schedule for this season, and then it has other games that aren't Florida. What is this? It doesn't even work. It didn't work. It didn't even work. I clicked this. It's supposed to give me Florida schedule, and it's not doing this. OK, this sucks. OK, you're 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 getting to hear me talk about how bad their website is. So. I guess I'll have to go to a different website to see what their schedule is for the mm-hmm. Florida Mayhem, it's because you know why? Why are things easy, Ramses? They're never easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the way it is. But no, for Florida, they they have to play. So they get to play London, but then they have to play Houston, Dallas, and Washington, Toronto. So they got a tough. They've got a tough. Um, I think Toronto. Toronto is. After that. So Washington, Dallas, Houston, London. So this will be a very telling um set of games for Florida. If if they come out on top on most of these games, if they go like three and one, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're able to beat two of Dallas, Washington, Houston, you've put yourself in a very good position. And
0: if you beat time- all three. Whew, at the same time, looking at Houston's schedule, Houston starts off with Atlanta and then Florida, and then you go over to London and Toronto. So, like, I, I, I think I'm agreeing with you. With, like, if you're you are shooting to hit, like for sure, for sure win two of those. Um, the goal is to win three, though. Definitely, I think Houston it should be a four
1: and a week. Um, like, yeah, Florida was the team that was in the tournament and everything, but. You were an undefeated team going into the the May melee play in games, right? Or the tournament. So the expectation for you should be, okay, we're going to do that again. And then we're not going to falter before we get to play in in the the double elimination bracket. That that should be the expectation. That should be the goal. So I I think for Houston. The biggest game of concern for you is Florida, like Toronto Mm -hmm. a little bit, but I think Florida is the
0: more dangerous team. San Francisco has a decent schedule um, versus Defiant and Fuel, and then Vancouver versus Justice. Like, two of those are going to be really tough. You're hoping to go at least two and two. And then, where is it? Which one was I looking for? From what I saw in here, was it... Who was the super... E- oh, yeah. Gladiators have a really good schedule for this tournament bracket. They're going to be going up against Vancouver, Atlanta, Boston, and Paris. So like, this should I don't be know. A four,
1: this should be, for all of the expectations that have put, it on, put on the Gladiators, this should be a 4-0 week. This should oh, for be sure. your bounce back tournament. June Joust gets you right back into the thick of things, and you're somewhere near the top of the league again. That's, if I'm a Gladiators fan, that is my expectation, and that's going to be the expectation of a lot of other people too. Mm-hmm.
0: It needs to happen or else um I think uh, I think that we've seen the implosion.
1: Well, and here's the other thing too. They went 2 and 2, right? You had all the weird tiebreaker stuff. The reason they don't get in is because they lose to the other team that's tied 2 and 2 with them in in the Dallas fuel. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you don't get in um you go 4 and 0. Guess what? You don't have any tiebreaker BS you have to deal with, right? You control your own destiny that way. Just saying. 4 and 0, you're in the tournament for sure. <laughs>
0: Look, looking at some good stuff with the schedules. Anything else before we wrap up for the evening?
1: the The biggest thing I think is um, just going to be the what what ends up being our meta. I don't know. I I I, I think it's going to be poke. Mm-hmm. Um, Hit scan's probably going to be really important then, and and that's the biggest thing for me is is what do we actually see come out as a result of this? What what do teams believe is strong? um mm-hmm. i'm really curious to see that more than anything else and i'm sure we'll see some adaptations as the weeks go along too so i as much as i get why hero pools are not fun i also know why they can be very fun because i don't know what the hell to think and what we're going to see and that that is a little bit exciting
0: well and also them having the one more i feel like them having the extra week of getting to prepare definitely helps too
1: it definitely is a lot better than. um Going into one week and then not knowing what's going to be gone from the the matter the next week.
0: For sure, for sure. That is going to do it for us on episode 103 of Push the Point. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everybody in chat who's been here. Um, thanks to you guys listening on your device. We appreciate you. Um, if you want to help us out, the best way you can do that is to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you'd like to use. It makes it easier for people to find us. It lets us know what you guys like about the show, what we can work on. And it it's a great way to get in touch with us. One of the many good ways to get in touch with us.
1: Yeah, another way that you can get in touch with us is by joining us on the Discord for the network, which is discord.me slash mashthosebuttons. Keeps you up to date on the Mash Those Buttons community, too. There's some really cool things. Um, Mass Effect just came out. Where can I leave a review on your Ryan play? I mean, people have left reviews people have. on the like they, they've given us good podcasting reviews, and they also reviewed ramsey's play on the review too so like you could totally do that totem if that's something that they still gave
0: us five stars that actually that was a priest review priest still gave us five stars and then was like host won't carry me in ranked yes yeah i've never i know who he was talking
1: about because he wasn't talking about me because i haven't oh but i also can't carry so that's that's also true (laughs) and that was for the show but not your gameplay Not wrong, not wrong, but uh, discord.me slash mash those buttons again, up to date on not just our show, but a bunch of the other ones. Mass Effect just came out. I was saying uh, there's going to be some really cool stuff with uh, the Mass Effects. They're going to they're going to be covering that. I forget the name of what that one's going to be, but um, there'll be something kind of going in detail about one of my favorite game series of all time in Mass Effect. So that'll definitely be worth checking out. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons is where you can actually monetarily support the network. Little as a dollar a month, you get access to Patreon exclusive content. I've been thinking about like us like once a week or once a month looking at a game and like just reviewing it from like the league and just tr- learning and maybe doing something like that for Patreon content or something like that. Maybe that's something you'll see from us sometime in the future. But there's a bunch of other cool stuff on there too. So be sure to do that or tweet us if you have better ideas of what we could do for Patreon content at Pushpoint POD, uh, or email us long form. Give us like a, a treatment email if you want to do that. point at gmail.com of what we should do for a video of some kind or whatever it
0: might be. For sure. By the way, Totem, I will say when I look up our podcast reviews, uh, Heroes Never Die is number two. So not number two is like a bad thing. I'm just saying when I search my own show um (laughs) your name comes up so you we're we're buddies we're tied together always um if you want to follow us on social media lobo where's the best place to get you
1: at Lobosco is where you can follow me uh just a lot of retweeting stuff lately i don't know that's just uh
0: that's life on twitter i guess for sure, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at Ramseys underscore OW. Um, I know you already mentioned it, but push point P O D on Twitter. Um, and quick throw since he's in the chat with me. Um, I do a super fun Overwatch League fantasy podcast um with Totally Drunk and Ednar, who you might know Ednar from his time on Dropping Spicy or on Clan of Three on the Mashless Buns Network, um, where we do fantasy overwatch league stuff where Totem and I are Totem and I have a very good conversation, and then Ed just complains and whines the whole time. Uh, it's better than that, actually. But um, <laughs> I just I felt the need to dig at Ed on his birthday. Happy birthday to Ed. He's not happy here. Happy
1: birthday, Ed. Um, if you listen. And then it's past your birthday when you're hearing this because you're not in chat right now. So happy belated birthday, I guess, too.
0: For sure. Um, for episode 103 of Push the Point, this is Ramsey saying thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out in chat. And as always, be safe. Take care of yourself. And we will see you for week one in review of the June Joust playing. The, the games before the June Joust. Week one um, of the June Joust. Week one Play. of the June Joust. We will see you guys soon. Have a good one.